Well, hello and welcome to another episode of Paranormal Past Podcast. I am your host, Josh Hamerling, along with my partner, Dalton Van Hooser. That's right. And we don't mean like partner, partner. What we mean is broadcast partner, although he's a wonderful man. Why not? He's a wonderful guy. If I was that way, we'll start all over. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Paranormal Podcast. I am your host, Josh Hammerling, along with Dalton Van Hooser. And we are here to cover what everybody likes the most, and that is the paranormal. Today's podcast will be about Bigfoot and the fun things. But before we get started, please follow us. Ring that bell. Make sure that you click all those buttons on your phone to make sure that you get all the latest updates about what we do, because without you, this show does not exist, and we need you and our producer to be happy, which she's generally smiling right now, so that's a, that's a good thing. So, we're into it. How are you? Oh, good. How are you? It's been fantastic. It's been another week since we sat down and did this. Yes, I, I feel like I have a lot less dark news this week. That is good because the last time there, were, you know, with the kid killing thing and the, the the parents that were kind of nuts, and it was it was weird and it scares you because some parents are real a holes. Yes, you know, there were some terrible people there last were. week. Um, there were less terrible people. Not none. Uh huh. Less. Less. Absolutely. So. Let's start with news. What do you have for us today, oh, Mr. Dalton? I have I have one that we both found. Oh, yes. Uh, yes. yes, this is um, from uh, S- uh, Science Alert. Mm-hmm. Uh, scientists have just discovered that a jellyfish-like parasite doesn't have a mitochondrial genome, the first multicellular Creepy. organism known to have this absence. Mm-hmm. What that basically means is that it doesn't breathe oxygen. In fact, it lives completely free from oxygen dependency, which if... You are a living, breathing organism should astonish you. It should be because it, it doesn't even sound like it's from this planet. I mean, if no. you've ever run anything that was probably alien, this thing sounds like it's it. Yes. And it's a, it, it basically nothing above single celled organism, a single celled organism is anaerobic in metabolism. Like it, it, it requires oxygen. As it soon as you period. are multicellular, mm-hmm. it's oxygen that you need. And so this parasite. Mm-hmm supposedly, that attaches itself to salmon, uh, a species of salmon, is does not require the oxygen right. to now, survive. As we both read, it is rather benign in both humans and salmon, isn't it? Yes. It's to get in there, but it's, it's always weird to have a virus, or virus, parasite inside of you. Yes. I mean, it's never good. I mean, nobody yeah. wants to eat parasites off of something, even if you know that it's not you know, going to kill you. Yes. But it is weird, which we discussed this mm-hmm. as well, it's weird that this... The one multicellular organism that we know of that does not require oxygen to live is essentially harmless to everything, everything that it's on the yeah. planet. Yeah. Sounds like it'd mutate into some sort of horrible thing that would grow arms and start eating us all out of UFOs. It just sounds that well, way. Well, I mean, I mean I'm not going to complain about that. I, I don't have right. any issue with that. Right. There's, a, there's plenty of things out there trying to kill us right now that I'm just not... Yeah. Well, too keen you on. You know, it's all right. I, yeah. it, it's, it was uh, related to jellyfish... Ah, mm-hmm. uh, it's an ancestor of jellyfish, which it, I think that they one thing that they're trying to figure out is did it evolve uh, this form of metabolism by itself from the mm-hmm. get go, or, or did it actually, you know, essentially devolve back mm-hmm. to like a single yes. cell process of right. metabolism? And I think they're trying to determine that. I think their guess right now is that it actually like evolved backwards instead of forwards. It, in that yes. way. Wow. Which is interesting because then that means that it at one point did have the oxygen, which I don't know which is more profound for it to have evolved that 
initially mm-hmm. in that direction or for it to have evolved the opposite direction where it's like, oh, I guess I don't need this. So I'm just going to get rid of it. And obviously there's some evolution is a creepy thing, but oxygen not being needed though. That's just, I mean, it, water is still required for it, which obviously it's living inside of fluids and whatnot, but not having the oxygen thing is just something right out of the movie evolve or evolution. What was that movie? Evolution. With yes. Evolution, evolution with David Duchovny. It's a great movie. Yes. Orlando Bloom, so all fun. of our favorites. Yeah. But that one hits us right in the old scares you feels. Yeah. You and know? and it's a lot of fun because, I mean, just like the uh, methane living via, uh, uh, organisms that we discussed the other day, yeah. that uh, it's it opens up a ton of possibilities for extraterrestrial right. life. I know. But now you don't need oxygen. There mm, could be stuff on the moon. There could be stuff anywhere. There could be stuff in <laughs> space as long as there's enough heat to make sure it doesn't freeze. Yeah. Ooh. Oh, we'll find something that's yeah. fr- that lives frozen. I mean, like, and then because the, up to this point, the most resistant, at least to a lack of oxygen mm. that we know of was a multicellular organism was tardigrades. Right. Uh, which are water bears is their, is their cute little name that they give them. But yeah, like they, where they can survive up to 10 years in a vacuum in space, they essentially with radiation. Yeah. They, they essentially dehydrate themselves Yeah, and go into a state of like, you know, stasis. Stasis, sure. Yeah. And then, but that's not a lack of oxygen dependency. They're still mm. dependent on oxygen. They just don't, they just shut themselves off to it so that they can survive in certain elements and extreme conditions. So it is different. Like this thing is crazy. Yeah. Like, what was crazy. that line in Jurassic it. Park? Life finds a way. Life uh, uh, finds uh, life, a way. Uh, you can't forget uh, the, uh, finds a way. you have to stutter. Mm-hmm. I, I, yeah, yeah, if you don't do the stutter and do the Jeff Goldblum mm-hmm. thing. No. So I've got one real quick. All the, right. The, so a California person was found to have the coronavirus, which was communally spread. They're not quite sure how they, they were infected. Usually there's a, a line of it, but it just uh, what, what CDC is getting at is that uh, the virus is now in the community. Community, and that patient who uh, picked, tested positive for the coronavirus has been hospitalized and hospitalized in serious and uh, in serious condition and intubated, meaning that they are on a machine that is doing the breathing for them. Whoa! That was in Solano County. Woman was puzzled. Health officials, and she. They are unable to trace where she contacted the virus from, Ooh. which is goes right back to that other movie. Yep, Contagion. Contagion. Yep. So they, yep. she's in serious condition, and that is terrifying. Uh, a lot of people are trying to downplay a lot of this, but I just feel like it's too much. It's too much to worry about. Have they determined what how it spreads yet? That is still unknown. There was uh, the normal mucous membranes. There might even be a fecal uh, component to it. So just uh, going to the bathroom and flushing the toilet can release it into the air. Oh, my. Just you breathing. They don't know. I mean, it could be on money. I mean, everyone in China, China is scrubbing the streets. They're scrubbing money. They're, you know, they're trying to really scrub toilets. They they just don't know how this thing is spread. And that's the real terrifying portion of it is that we just we don't know what's going on. It is. that, that Yeah, that's yeah. the worst part because it... it if it's if it can be contracted through the air, which is the most horrifying thing ever, yes, uh, which is and not knowing whether or not it can, be. yeah, right? I mean it's very close to normal inf- or at least influenza. I mean, okay, that's still through the mucous membranes. But if somebody sneezes and you just happen to walk through it, hits the eyes, congratulations, you're you've got the flu. There we go. And now it's like, mm, mm. but nobody knows how it spreads, so I'm terrified of the whole thing. Buy your food, buy, buy your water now. I'm not trying oh, to boy. incite oh, boy. panic, but <laughs> yes, it's apocalypse. <laughs> Well, we'll um, we'll do what uh, in you know in our pockets in like a month from now when it's mm-hmm. spread through the United States. We'll mm-hmm. do a the um, we'll do the Jude Law uh, 
podcast where we contract it purposefully and then just try a bunch of medications to to cure ourselves with it. I don't want to go that route, man. Oh, all right. Okay. I don't well, want to go that well, route. You, I don't want it at all. Well, he fakes it. That's the thing. <sighs> you fake it. And I pre- you know, that's that's all you got to do. And then we'll test. We'll start with jumping jacks. Uh, does 100 jumping jacks cure, cure you? Of, oh, oh, um, oh, Andromeda oh, oh, Strain. Oh, 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 yes. Andromeda was, Strain. It was Did you ever watch, watch that or read oh, it? Oh, yeah. Yes. Absolutely. So it, um, man, that movie was so... Crazy. Creepy the and book scary. was crazy. Eating through plastic. Yes, and mm. it like uh, they because they they found that like what it was like six different people were survived it. Like it was like yeah. almost one hundred percent fatality the baby that was crying. The There's the baby that, that crying. Was, the old uh, man that had the heart issue or whatever. Constantly breathe a lot. Yes, and yeah. so like there was the constant respiratory. So hey, you know, ten jumping, a hundred jumping jacks might actually oh, save you. You never know. This is a respiratory illness, so it really freaks me out. It's coughing. To be intubated means that you. You are oh yeah you're being be able aided to... in breathing. So is that the, essentially the, the primary organ that's getting owned? The lungs, is yes. The lungs? Apparently there was a case of reinfection where a woman uh, was cured of it. Whoa. And they found that at, she was sick again in Japan. And they've had the first uh, transmission to dogs. So Whoa. man's best friend is also picking this up, which means that... That... That is a that it like makes it so much scarier. Yes. Because number one, the dogs are going to get everywhere. Yes. Instantly, and yep. if it can, if it can, if it's um, uh, zoonotic, where it can go interspecies, yes, that's not that's that's very 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 frightening. Yes, it is because uh, anything and everything could well two species could known to be carrying it, and you know dogs are man's best friend. Yeah, you know you that's gotta, and dogs love to lick and sniff you and. And then, and then on top of it, it's resilient enough and persistent enough that it can reinfect this a person that's already had it. Indeed, because that's the thing about it may flu go season. Into a latent dormancy. Yeah, that's that's because that's the thing about flu season. Your body develops the antibodies to beat the flu, so you beat it once. Mm-hmm. Chances are you're not going to get it again that season. At least that that strain. Yeah. Yeah, like you're pretty you're you're good probably for the next six months. Yep. And so, like, for you to be able to, uh, mm-hmm. that's worse because now you now you have, to also, now you have to also consider all those people that have passed quarantine. Mm-hmm. That have supposedly been released right back into yep. normal mm-hmm. everyday life. Oh boy, so it's gonna be well, one of those days. Well, congratulations! Now you've actually finally scared me. Well, I knew it was gonna happen sooner or later. All right. Mm-hmm. What else do you have? Um, I, I, there was some footage of the uh, Ogopogo monster. I, I watched that. Uh, I actually really liked it. The footage. Uh, it's got this because it definitely has this kind of like serpentine, yeah, definitely undulating to it. in the water, yeah, and that's and I, I liked it a lot, and because I feel like there aren't very many species that I could think of that we know of that would make that kind of motion at the top yeah. surface of the water, right? Like that, um, and it did appear to be a pretty good length. Absolutely. Um, we'll put the link in the bottom of the description when this goes down so you, everybody can sit there and take a watch on it. And it's just a guy. Uh, it looks like he's just off the shore. Yes. And it, you're, you're seeing that, that, that undulation in the waves, which, you know, I, I don't know an eel that would be that long. No. I, I feel like the most common species that they are likely misconstrued mm-hmm. to be is, is a sturgeon. Because uh, sturgeon can get pretty huge. Yes. Uh, now most lake sturgeon aren't going to get that big. No. I mean, I think like maybe nine feet would setting. be a crazy yeah. good size. But I think they've caught one an ocean species uh, like twenty three feet. Um, so that, or over twenty three right. feet. This so, is a this is a heck of a heck of a video. It is. It's pretty it's, great. It shows it's quite long. I thought I, I don't recall that there was a boat in the water before they started. I'm going back to it now, but. No, I'm not seeing that in there. I'd love to have stuff in the water for um, reference. 
you know, because it was up next to an 18-foot kayak. It's longer than that, or 14-foot kayak. Then you've got an idea that this thing is huge. But it's still a really good video. It shows something that you need it just shows you we don't know what's out there. There's plenty of cryptos that we just, or animals, or whatever you want to call them, that yeah. we're not quite sure that we've even identified or tagged or videotaped or cataloged, you now, know? Now, obviously, a massive sturgeon isn't as fascinating or exciting as, like, an actual species that we sure. haven't identified. Yeah. But if you found out that they that they were able to grow to, like, you know, 17 feet, feet oh, a yeah. lake sturgeon, that'd still be a pretty big find. And, like, the, you know. monstrous oh, for the size of it. Oof, Especially yeah. a freshwater small lake. Oh, yeah. By comparison, that's not terribly big lake. I mean, it's not like Colorado lakes, which are my wife calls ponds. <laughs> they are like, ponds sometimes. State of, of lakes. And, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. actually, there is a kayak in the water. Oh. It was in there. There was a person in a kayak, and that's probably an eight-footer, and this thing is probably three or four times larger than that. That's the uh, lake equivalent of a banana for scale. Yes, absolutely. Yep. But still pretty big. It's pretty cool. I like it. What else you got? I like the footage. Yeah. Um, I found this piece on uh on animalian animalian.com yes that they discuss uh it's a guy that had i guess he was going through some satellite shots i think is what it was yes, over antarctica a lot of those what we call google earth archaeologists who like to yeah the pictures and check stuff out so they supposedly found some structures uh some uh, a i don't know what you uh, mayan like I, there's a word for it but ziggurats, ziggurats yes is the building structure yes. and to give people an idea of what that looks like it's it's mayan in structure essentially uh very similar it's kind of a, almost pyramid shaped but uh you know flatter it doesn't yeah. have go to a point it, it's not just a straight flat wall it's got right. like it's levels to it step. yes yeah. tiered yeah so it, it it looks like there's two of those essentially mm-hmm. it's kind of hard to spot like it, it is one of those things where like if you're on mars or if you're looking at a shot of mars yeah. and you see the face it's like okay well it's obviously not a face it's just something that you're seeing i'm you're, I'm, you're, I'm watching it. i'm I, i'll admit i'm having a hard time seeing it yes so in the in the footage, yes. I think I think what he's or I'm sorry in the shot, yeah. I think what he's pointing out is that this this right here. Now I guess our our guests can't see this, but there's right. like a, kind of an arc of a wall around the across front the yeah. front of it, yeah. which it doesn't seem as purposeful as I was expecting it to be mm-hmm. when I was first reading the article. And then the ziggurats are right there because they're, they're usually they're there's beautiful ninety right degree angles, and I'm I'm not seeing them. Now it's nope. not that I don't want it to be real because I very much want oh, there be to so be. Cool stuff in antarctica because it would it would it would prove that it hasn't always been covered in ice number one yep which we start, we already know yep because there there has been evidence that it was pre-ice a long, yes. long time ago and to have that there would mean that humans were actually on or, or at least an intelligent species was in on antarctica now just because it's been built doesn't mean that it's been made by humans we don't know that yep and i've been long under the inclination that if it only took five to eight million years for us to evolve, what happened in the other billion years that the planet's been around? Yeah. You know, who else has been here? Yeah. And they, I mean, I would be amiss to not bring up Alien versus Predator. Oh, who wouldn't? Because that was, that was fantastic. <laughs> I mean, it was an okay movie, but it was. It, yeah. The, the idea was hilarious. Or absolutely. not hilarious, but super interesting. So right. the, the basically, if you haven't seen it, it's. They find they basically do this. They shoot a satellite over Antarctica. They find a ziggurat like under you know hundreds of feet of snow and mm-hmm. ice. Uh, they uncovered it. Turns out the predators from those movies, if you've seen them, mm-hmm. uh, have been using it as this like rite of passage ritual where they yes. release aliens, mm-hmm. xenomorphs from the alien movies on purpose to fight them and stuff. It's uh, yes. 
it's pretty cool. So it's a pretty interesting idea. So yes, you've I want got it to be real. I really up. do. Oh, it's so good. I want it to be real. So I the do circular have... area kind of gets me here. I, mean, I, I know you folks can't see it, but if you watch the video, it kind of looks like an eye. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I. I... You know, they're just, like we said, there's not quite as much, like, purposeful structure as I'm saying. Like, I see it on that, but you've also got canyon walls that go to sharp sharp, sharp turns like that, sharp corners. What the mineral composition of this is, because, you know, some minerals do have beautiful, nice... 90 degree angles. On yeah. It. Yep. And especially in Antarctica where the winds are insane. Oh yeah. You're going to get all sorts of interesting rock formations. And Absolutely. I'm surprised that we don't see more. It's probably just because the snow is pushing stuff around. I want it to be real, but I'm, yeah. I'm hesitant on this one. I really would love to find something like that. There's a great line from Prometheus, oh. which I would like to apply to yes, this. Yes, go for it. I know which, what you're Go ahead. Um, there's a scene, uh, this movie, they're going to an alien planet mm-hmm. and uh, they uh, find this path where it's like, it, you know, this path going to this, like, structure. And the guy says, oh, park right there. God doesn't doesn't design in straight Great lines. lines. And I love that line mm-hmm. because it's true. If you're if you're seeing kind of like this, uh, the, you know, a little bit of an awkward state, even if it forms something, chances are it's coincidence. But if you're seeing something that's straight line yep, and then you start seeing these wonderful 90-degree edges on it. Mm-hmm. That's, you, that's your evidence that there might be some artificial construct going on there. I want it to be. Uh, me too. I want it to be It'd be real. really cool. I'd love to see some more study on that. I would too. What else uh, do you have for us today? Oh, well, here's my here's my bad one for the wait, my dark one. Okay. Oh, we have a dark one. We oh, yes. One. So, this uh lady, she um is being convicted or oh. I'm sorry, brought to trial. I don't okay. know if she's been convicted yet. Because of she was playing playing hide and seek with Quote her unquote. boyfriend. Uh-huh. Uh and I the, the, the scenario doesn't make any sense. She zips him up in a suitcase and leaves him there for hours in this suitcase, and then he suffocates to death inside the suitcase. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Um, so uh, the hide and seek thing didn't mm-hmm. hold up in court. Um, uh, uh, I, I have a hard time about. It. Yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> like, like not only was that a ridiculous thing to say. Uh, for or you know a ridiculous argument to make for yes. yourself a, a defense. Uh, on top of it, she recorded him being in the suitcase and taunting him and insulting him while he was in it, screaming for that he couldn't breathe and everything. So uh, clearly not playing hide and seek. So this wasn't some hide and seek accident. She. It sounds kind of like a. Uh, I'm going to use this as an excuse to kill my boyfriend. Was there a life insurance policy? You know what? You're innocent until proven guilty. So we're going to stick with that. Yes. But, you know, if there's a life insurance policy and I'm sitting on that jury, that's going to be kind of hard to overcome as far as... Oh, she... Uh, if, if I recall correctly yeah. from the article, uh, she went ahead and uh, blurted out the uh, motive in the uh, phone recording. Oh, really? Uh, which was that he was cheating on her, so... Oh, yeah. my God. We, we, we don't know for sure if he was actually just cheating or not. Just break up at that's that point. Yes. You know? Yes. Just break up. My goodness. You don't have to kill you, anybody over yeah, it. I'm not, I'm not promoting this, but slash a tire. Like, you don't have to, right. you know. Oh, yeah, just key his car. Yeah. yeah, just, you know. You don't have to lock him in a suitcase and let him suffocate. Well, you know what? Somebody, oh, the world we live in. That is just, somebody, somebody keyed the, the hood across the top of my car, like a deep cut. In your car? Ca- yeah. And, and I'm like, well, maybe maybe they thought it was a different Prius yeah. and they were, I was cheating on them for something. I don't know. See, what, I don't get people. I don't know what he I He didn't do anything. You know, Dalton is amazing. 
Oh, I don't know about that. Except for the Oxford comma. We've been talking about that one all day at the office. Let's not get into the Oxford comma. I love me the Oxford comma. (laughs) So archaeologists in Argentina uh, found a sizable discovery in the form of four massive armadillo shells that once belonged to creatures that roamed the earth thousands of years ago. Even armadillos were giant. Uh, Due to severe drought in the country, they think they probably just ended up dying in in the riverbed. But uh, they had a couple of puzzling protrusions you know, had emerged in the mud when one of the farmers was out there and realized that there were large armadillo carapaces. That's the word for it that we would use. But yeah, yeah. yeah. According to paleontologist Ricardo Bonini, Hmm. who's overseeing the excavation, the study of the remarkables uh, found that the four uh, glypodondent fossils, forgive me, I don't, I'm not a paleontologist. Um, We don't have PhDs in Latin. yeah, right. These types of get in which several individuals appear together and who died in the same circumstances, which we see that in a lot of other fossil records, which makes me yeah. curious as to you know how quick they died or why they died. But um, enormous. I mean, these would not be the size you know a regular armadillo say would fit on the table about yay big. These are almost the size of the table that you can see in front of us, which I always love the idea of going back about giant animals surviving through the the ages and stuff like that. Because yeah. Even fossil or relic DNA could exist inside normal armadillos because of these guys. But I always love those sort of discoveries, you know, big oh, things, yeah. giant things. Oh, yeah, definitely. Giants of the world. And and we wonder, like, obviously one of the big things is, uh, you know, why was everything so huge back then? And the reason that, like, the we have limited sizes now. now yeah. Um, one of the big things that they are, I think, is a pretty big theory uh, that stands true for mm-hmm. most part is, uh, there was a high, a much higher density of oxygen, oxygen in the yes, air, certainly. which allowed things to get bigger. Um, and so as that slowly went out, because because like just foliage yeah. and forests were everywhere. Yeah, and plus the amount of uh, most likely the um, the amount of algae in oceans, you know, the, the oxygen levels would have been so much higher. The Earth may have been a little bit cooler too. Yep. But water is known to be a greenhouse gas, and it is very good at trapping heat. So, so maybe the temperatures are warmer. Yeah, water is one of the top greenhouse gases out there. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah, um, yeah. Fossil. I, I'm a big fossil guy too. Yeah, I, I love, love all the I fossil stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So in the um, the uh, Cola Bore Super Deep Hole Bore uh, Bore Drill ex- oh, yeah. Project, yeah, yeah. which we will cover at another time because mm-hmm. that's a whole lot of fun. That Russia did. They when they were drilling that one thing that they found was a was uh, microbial fossils. I believe microbial. Yeah, uh, fossils four miles down. Four miles. That puts them in hun- like beyond hundreds of millions of years. I think it? so. Yeah, that's pretty those crazy. Sort of depths, because like right? we get we get a lot of that fun here in the in Colorado with the mountain ranges because we get a lot of that coming up for us. Yeah, onto the side of mountain ranges. But like we're, I mean, that's fractions of yeah. that. Just so shows you how long life has been around on this planet. It's crazy. It is. What else you have for me? Um, my last piece that isn't Bigfoot related. Yes, which, um, guess what? We're getting into that too. Oh, yeah. I can't wait. Uh, was this lady took a picture. Now, these are generally easy to debunk, uh, but it, she found a corpse of a monkey-like creature mm-hmm. on the coast of uh, South Carolina. Mm. Um, and it looks disgusting. Anytime you see any of these corpses, they look weird and disgusting, but... It, once you get used to like the process of decay, especially mm. something that's been in the ocean or For water, water, right? Yes, you got bloaters, floaters, and yep, d- yeah, they're yeah. awful. You'll that's get gross. you'll get all sorts of like fun looking things that pop up. It, it is creepy looking, it, but most likely just a monkey. Now, 
why is it a monkey? I think I have an idea, but I'm going to let you keep talking because wasn't there an island of monkeys? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Off yes. the coast of South Carolina, uh-huh. there is a place called Morgan Island, Morgan which island. its nickname is Monkey Island. Right. But now, where did all these monkeys come from? Because North America isn't a common place for monkeys. Right. I, it is known that the U.S. government tells you to stay away from this island at all costs. Yes. Because my... I understand, as I understand it, this is the island where um, animals used, or monkeys used in lab experiments, even by the CDC, are put when they're done, or when they're done using those poor animals. So they just drop them off on the island. Yes. And it's terrible, but yes, it's where test animals are put after we have done God knows what. Yeah. Of Experiment-wise on them. Go ahead. So the, the, the original history of it, I believe it was in the 70s. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, there was a Central American country. I, I'm sorry. I'm just going off the top of my head here and yeah. trying to remember. There was an outbreak of HIV, I believe mm-hmm. it was, in a particular type of monkey. And the U.S. was like, hey, you can use this island to put, those tr- monkeys. To put these monkeys. So they relocated like 1,500 or something of these monkeys. And then they turned the island into like an open space laboratory right and where they could experiment on these monkeys now the original reason was supposedly to cure them mm-hmm. like hey let's figure out what's sure, going on let's cure yeah. these monkeys we'll take care of them yeah but now it's passed some hands it's passed through some hands some different companies i believe the last one that it that i saw that it was under was a place called alpha genesis which just sounds like a zombie yes it company. does it sounds horrible yeah like absolutely umbrella corporation absolutely so it's it's crazy like this island of monkeys experimented on that's yeah alpha and genesis uh, it was a an, they were infected with herpes b virus herpes i apologize not no hiv worries, i apologize no but it's still all horrible and std yes absolutely and oh yeah no and it scared a bunch of people in puerto rico so it was alpha genesis based research company uh, leased out a major portion of the Morgan Island for the monkeys so they could just drop them off. Yep. And they're just still hanging out there right. and, and nobody's the allowed to go there. continues. Yep. So who knows what they've been working That's on. That's super cool. There. So now you said that we would be trying to do some, uh, you know, on location type things. Do you think we could try to infiltrate that island at some point? Let's bring it up at the next budget meeting. Okay. And right. we'll see if we can't get a boat out there and see if the flies <laughs> out. <laughs> We'll, we'll wear the, the producer wants to go with us with uh, steel mesh. She's going to have a good time. Uh, Caitlin will enjoy her time out there. You can. It's going to be a good time. She said she can't wait to go. It's going to be great. Any other news that you have for us today? Uh, the last one, which I, I don't know if we're able to attach um, some some audio for this, but okay. uh, it was a recording. So, so-called recording mm-hmm. of okay. a Bigfoot howl, howl, um, which we've heard. Yes, and before. it's not a, quite a, like that. Yeah, the, uh, our uh, our producer did some uh, Chewbacca, yeah. and almost like a. <laughs> and I listened to it. It is haunting. Yes, I've I've heard a lot of those recordings where you're like, "What the devil is?" Yeah, this? it's some creepy stuff. Um, and in this particular video. It, it would be so much creepier if it actually stopped. But in, in this particular video, it's howling. Mm-hmm. It's howling. Yeah. It's a family that's out camping or something. Yeah. And uh, it's doing it, you know, just like regular intervals yeah. of like yeah. you know, every 10 seconds. And then their baby cries really yeah. loud and it stops. 
Oh. And it's it's really creepy for a second, but then it starts it goes back to howling again. But if it had just Whoa. stopped and then all you hear is rustling, that'd be some pretty freaky. That would stuff, terrify but, the crap oh, out yeah. of me. Me too. Because I don't think there's anything in this world you can keep on you besides pepper spray that would affect it. Yeah. You know? And uh I mean like even if you're talking just a good sized wolf like or wolf pack, like I don't want to deal with that No, either. good lord no. No. No, heck that's, no. That's the that's the most likely explanation is that it's an it's it's just uh, some uh, unique acoustics sure. of a wolf howl could be going through the forest. Well, that was good. I love the paranormal news for this week. Oh, we had some good stuff. Yeah, it was it was and a only good week. one murder. Yeah. <laughs> All right, it's a record. We're making yeah. Some I mean, we've only got you know what seventy or eighty thousand people infected roughly with the coronavirus and one death from not that but but hey we've got yay. oxygenless multicellular organisms we do it all here it's good stuff absolutely hmm. which that leads us into today's subject which is one near and dear to my heart um for those of you who do not know what bigfoot is which is what today's show is about Imagine it as a very large, upright, walking, ape-like creature that dwells in the wildernesses around the planet. It is just not something uh, kept to North America. It's been spotted in Russia. It's been spotted in even the um, coastal islands of Southeast Asia. There are, you know, it varies in size, but it is something that happens all over the planet. Now, I haven't heard of too many African sightings, but there are plenty of other primates in Africa that or there that probably haven't been discovered. I mean, even uh, to give you an idea of whether this thing exists or not, the um, lowland gorilla wasn't discovered until the 1970s or 80s. Yeah. So, or the mountain gorilla, I can't remember which one it was. But the gorilla was just considered a thing of legend until it was actually discovered to be a real thing. So to say that we can't, like something like that can exist is just not accurate, especially if it is in any way intelligent or even close to intelligent like us, because it is related to man. But, you know, imagine that these are large 9 to 10 feet creatures uh, with large feet, usually leave behind um, tracks in the snow. It's where it gets the word Bigfoot from. Um, imagine that. Right. There is some speculation out there that they have a tendency to turn trees upside down to mark their territory. Can howl at night. Some people actually try to hunt them down by howling. As you mentioned before, uh, stick knocking and stuff like that. So we are into Bigfoot, and away we go. Yes. So anything on Bigfoot that you have to share with us? Um, I've got a couple things. There was yeah. this uh, one thing that uh, this lady recorded a few years ago uh, called uh, Melba S. Ketchum. Was Melba her name. Ketchum. Yes, sir. Um, and she claimed to have DNA proof of Bigfoot. Oh, yes. Oh? She had accumulated some uh, hairs, which she uh, refuses to release how of she course. came about. Them. Yes, they never do. Um, but uh, in in general, mm-hmm. her her uh, statement was that they were collected by many individuals over across the United States. These hairs that she had, I see. And supposedly, mm-hmm. the DNA was. A human woman, it had, in the genome, it had a human woman, mm-hmm. it had Bigfoot and an unknown species in it. Oh, my. Uh, okay. And now I don't know how, the, that's what they're claiming is that about 15,000 years ago, mm-hmm. there was some uh, interspecies mingling. Yes. Which, that happened. And there are plenty of um, human ancestors that 
just aren't quite the same as us. So it's true. can it happen? We have Neanderthal DNA, I think. That has we made think a way we to do. Yeah. So the idea that there is a little bit of brown chicken, brown cow mm. going on with that may be real. Yes. Now, I don't know the, I don't know interspecies limitations yes, as far right. as like a proper reproduction. Mm-hmm. I don't know how close you have to be. But there, Neanderthal apparently was close enough yes. that we didn't, that we didn't have any issues there or significant enough issues that it uh, stopped an evolutionary pattern in Indeed. that direction. So they weren't different enough, according to this. Sure. Now, she did supposedly submit this uh, for peer review and everything. Now, obviously, yes. it was debunked to no end. Oh, no. yes. Right. And torn apart, uh, the biggest thing was that her not willing to release her sources. Yeah, because... It, and then obvious, the, obviously the, the chances of contamination is just astronomical. Like the, the likelihood of it not being in, in right. like a, not a contaminated piece of evidence is just very, very touching normal. it would put your DNA on it. Yes. So, and so you're telling us that the, these hunters and farmers that went out there that supposedly collected <coughs> this hair didn't. Yeah. Yeah. That they yeah. collected that in the right, but that, yeah, and just being out in nature, it's going to be contaminated anyway, regardless. Right, it's, you, you just can't prove it. I mean, you're, if you're finding just plots of hair, how do you prove it came from any animal? And how say, do you prove that's Bigfoot DNA? I don't I know. know. It doesn't, doesn't make your, any sense. Where's your basis for that? Because you're you're saying that there's non-human DNA in it, yes, and Bigfoot DNA, right? Which just shows that that the entire <laughs> sample is contaminated. Yeah, I mean, you couldn't have all of those in a single it, it doesn't one. Make it, any would, sense. it would follow a specific genome, and it would show itself. It would be very specific. Yeah, it doesn't make just, any sense, and, and, uh, which is unfortunate because you read Melvin the you read the article and you're yeah, exci- you're really excited that title. Yeah, because you like, want it to be real. Yeah, All right. But no, no, mm. unfortunately not. Is the high, the idea of Bigfoot goes goes back to even lore long before American or at least uh, Europeans made their way to the New World? Yes. You yeah, know, it's a we're very very a old very, history. Absolutely, and. A lot of the natives would speak of it. You know, they'd always recall, call them uh, like the wild men or the hairy men. You know, it depends on... Uh, they have a tendency to concentrate in the northwest coast, which has abundant food. I mean, it was called the breadbasket of North America because, you know, native groups lived off of it, you know, season after season, year after year. And the idea that they'd concentrate up there doesn't surprise me. Because there would be enough to eat. Because one of the biggest yeah. knocks against whether Bigfoot really exists or not is what are they eating and where are they going? You know, there's not enough food. There's not enough proteins. There's not enough general food for them to find. But in the Northwest Coast, it'd certainly be the case. Some pretty uh, thick ecosystems. Up there. Absolutely. Fish, berry, food, tubers, you know, lentils. You name it. They'd be able to eat all that. I don't know. Anyway. Yeah, that's probably where they are. I've I've been called a wild man before, but not for the same reasons. Mostly it's because <laughs> I drank a lot in college. <laughs> and and they're, the the sightings have always been generally the same from out for yes. throughout history and mm-hmm. in those specific locations. The uh, which we'll discuss in another podcast. But uh, the yeti has generally been white. Yes, it's it's matched its environment, environment for the color. snow. Absolutely. Uh, and then the uh, North American Bigfoot Sasquatch mm-hmm. has been brown. It's been a shade of brown Absolutely. consistently. With a, a, a very s- significant smell to it, as though it's got some serious musk yes. that's associated with skunk it. Skunk-like. Like the skunk times, ape. Because yes. in Louisiana, they refer yes, to it as the skunk, skunk ape. ape because yes. of the smell associated with it. But yes, you, you're, you're making a very solid point. That yes. They have a tendency to match their environment color-wise. Go ahead. Now, the skeptic is going to say, well, the initial reports were 
you know, it, we have uh, colonists coming through and like crossing the United States. They're connecting with these Native American cultures. They're going to hear about this brown thing. They're going to see a brown thing. Mm-hmm. It's not going to change. They're not going to suddenly see a blue thing. Mm. Uh, it's not going to suddenly change color. They're going to be like, oh, yes, I saw it too. And it was this, this, and this. And it matches the exact description. Mm-hmm. That's something that they, was explained to them. So you, as a skeptic, you can say that that is a you know cultural progression mm-hmm. through history of, mm-hmm. of uh, storytelling. Absolutely. So. I have a tendency to think that Bigfoot is rather intelligent because as an anthropologist, I always want, you know, I always think along the lines that this is just an unrecognized North American primate. Yeah. Which makes sense. Yeah. Because Bigfoot, you, you know, there's usually associated this um, cryptozoological or mythical title to it. Bigfoot can't be real, but primates can very much be real, and they are they are real. Yes. You know, and I'm I've been looking for a long time, and the only thing I ever saw personally is when I was in a portion of Colorado. It was a foggy morning. It looked like something really large. Went for, I thought it was just a brown bear in front of me, like pretty far away. I'd say eight or nine feet, maybe more, because it, it was rather foggy. But it looked like a brown bear, and I was like, oh, crap. I've got a brown bear in front of me. You know, I'm, I, was going, I was moving for my, my, my um, pepper spray, which I carried with me quite a bit. And instead of just turning and running like a brown bear does, because I've seen a lot of brown bear. I've dealt with a lot yeah. of brown bear. And uh, It's what's commonly just, referred to as the mistaken animal for Bigfoot, Absolutely. It? Yeah. It is the... I could see it because it comes in all kinds of different colors. I've seen blonde. I've seen a red. Yeah. I've seen black bear. They're all the same species. It's just, mm-hmm. you know, they, they have a, a varying color pattern to them. But instead of doing the normal spin and run that a quadruped does, this thing went from what would I can only assume was kneeling to standing up and, and looking like it was nine feet tall and then just whooshly walked away. Just and near silent. I didn't hear a thing. Yeah. That was the creepiest part about it is that it was either a really... I don't know. It was either a hallucination on my part or something stood up that was nine feet tall and walked away from me. And that was, that was it. I mean, I had nothing else. I didn't try to follow it. I stopped and I was terrified. What I was mean, the I distance felt, about? <sighs> 10 feet at yeah. the most, because what I thought I was staring at was just, cause I've seen some pretty big brown bear where I was at. I mean, yeah. upwards of 300 to 400 pounds. And if you know anything yeah. about black bear and brown bear, that's huge that's for their big, size. I've seen bear. some track that are, Huge. And I can track just about whatever I want. You know, if I want to find it, I can find it. And uh, the thing was, is I didn't see any tracks that were left over. And I just, I remember just standing there just cold. I, I was terrified. Yeah. And I couldn't move. I could not move. And part of me is like, I should have followed it. I should have done something. But I didn't see a single track that was out there. I didn't see anything that was disturbed. It's like it was just a, a spirit that walked away. Who knows? Yeah. I know. It creeped me out. And then, and then you wonder in, in those situations, because that is that is most scenarios. Mm-hmm. They Very, very, very few instances in which somebody reports aggression from one of them. I've never heard it. And if they are aggressive, they kill you and you disappear, right? It, yeah, apparently. I mean, they wouldn't bring you back. No. But it, I don't think they're mean, but keep going. So it's, it's common like a point of contention. Mm-hmm. Why is their behavior so mysterious? Why is their behavior mm-hmm. so, uh, isolated based, mm-hmm. um, that you never see them in groups. It's always, they're always by themselves. Individuals. Yep. Yeah. Now that's not uncommon in nature for something to live its life almost entirely alone. And they only come together for a reproductive season. season yeah. And then they spend the rest of the time alone. Cause they're a monoesterous species most likely. Yeah. And so a lot, it, it, it's, I'd be curious to know in detail how well they're, 
behavior lines up with um, survival instincts of a lot of other species mm-hmm. as they've become used to contact with humans or witnessing contact with humans. So if they have some level of intelligence and sentience, mm-hmm. uh, they may their uh, behavior may have adapted in a very similar fashion of we avoid these things, but they just right. take it to a little bit of a higher level. So if mm-hmm. you're imagining what I'm picturing, what it was like if you've seen Dances with the Wolves, where it takes it to that extreme of just Americans going across the United States mm-hmm. and just wiping out every species they come yeah. across. They're like, sweet, bison, let's mm-hmm. eat all of them until they're extinct, mm-hmm. which we almost did. We almost wiped out buffaloes. We're, you know, buffalo, bison. It was highly there. encouraged by the U.S. government to wipe out the buffalo to wipe out the Native American. Oh, well. So, yes. Sorry. Yes. That, okay. Well, you know. <laughs> it took that dark tone. Mm. But yes, we have a very good um, habit of just shooting and eating and everything. Yeah. Like, anything that might move. and But there are stories of people, you know, coming into contact with them even then. But they always seem to just disappear. Yeah. I mean, and, and I just wonder if that it's, it's yeah. that behavior of like they're witnessing the behavior of this species that's coming in. And mm-hmm. we're going to, because it seems that Putting there were two a, and two together. They're intelligent. Yeah. There was a, there was a, a, a more common, um, like with the native Americans mm-hmm. where they were essentially a part of their, their culture and life. Mm-hmm. Like they, these things are around. And they would have revered them like any other animal or animal spirit that would have been out there. Yeah. And there may have been communication. And, Who knows? I mean, there are stories that I've heard from some natives about those sort of things. Yeah. And, the, and I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah it's, it was a part of their culture. It was a part sure. of their um, daily life mm-hmm. to an extent uh, that uh, I believe. Yeah, it would just it, been another cousin to them. I mean, if yeah, they, or a human ancestor. They may look very human. Yeah. I mean, if you and I ran into one and we saw one at a distance, and it was to look at us, but we know it was actually Bigfoot. It would no. be bipedal. It'd be large. It would look like it have a face just like us. We'd see hands and feet. We'd probably just look at it and let it walk away. Which is why we don't see them as we may see them more than we think yep. it's just they do such a good job of blending in yeah and they um it, it's I th- it goes to your personal biases i'm sure mm-hmm. if you're uh, innately looking for bigfoot you're going to see bigfoot in a grizzly bear if you're innately yeah. looking if you're innately a skeptic mm-hmm. you're going to see a bigfoot and see a guy in a costume in a, yeah or just a big tall hairy person yeah big yeah big guy yeah Our producer says, what if you're looking for a bear and you see Bigfoot, which is kind of what happened to me. I like to take photography of um, animals in the wild, which is why I was out that morning in the fog because I was looking for a really cool sort of picture. And it stood up and just, I mean, it was tall. I saw something big and tall walk away. I won't say that it was Bigfoot because I don't know because it was really foggy. But it, it freaks you out when you see something that large very short distance away from you. Yeah. Because we don't have a lot of species that are that big. No. And the only thing that's came, I mean, the, uh, giganto, uh, Oh, gigantopithecus Australia. Man, I'm terrible at the Latin, but you know, it would have been, it's usually the one that people refer to as, you know, could have existed. Yeah, it did because there is a fossil of that creature. There are those other human ancestors that did exist out there. Yeah. We know that that was, it was essentially the equivalent of a giant orangutan and it would look very similar to humans. um, Yeah. Yeah. And like that, that Bigfoot structure. Have you ever heard about the uh, Bigfoot kidnappings that people claim happened to them, that they were actually carried away? 
Yes, I have heard of some yeah. of these. Yeah, back in 1924, a lumberjack named Albert Ostman went on vacation to the rugged wilderness near Toba Inlet, British Columbia. That was in Canada. One of the purposes of the time was to try to find out what he claimed to be a long-lost gold mine because he was out there trying to make his fortune. Uh, while on his journey at the remote Badlands, Ostman's Indian guide told him that, there, that the man who had originally found the lost gold mine was rumored to have been killed by Sasquatch because sometimes you accidentally run into their homes whenever you're trying to find something out there. Is this the North American equivalent of a dragon hoarding its gold? Ooh, I didn't think about that. So it, it found the gold, right. and it wants to keep it. It's good. Well, most uh, caves and whatnot are very um, temperature-controlled, so if you want a nice warm place to live... So the cult's just a coincidence. Yeah. It's, <laughs> right. it's, like, it's, it's actually kind of just this natural right. light. The moonlight reflects off the gold, and yeah. you know, I'm just happy in here, but you're not, you don't get any of it this mine. What? What did I do? It's what? me, not you. No, the Bigfoot. The Bigfoot. Yeah. Yeah. Was it the gold it. and the dragon? Yeah. But Osman, uh, he head out on his own with supplies in his pack, armed with a rifle and a knife to guesstivate a pass where he thought it would be. After a few days of camping, some rather odd things started to happen. One morning, he found that the items in his camp had been moved around. The other thing was that uh, nothing had been taken, and it was happening while he was sleeping at night, and his rifle was in reach. He didn't hear a thing going on. He actually thought it was like some sort of porcupine or other animal that was taking care of it. But... Uh, Sooner or later during the nights, a lot of his food came up missing. A half pound of flour, prunes, the food that he had brought with him had been eaten. And on the fourth night, he went to bed fully clothed and woke up to being carried by a large, hairy person and running through the forest while this thing has him over his shoulder and running with ease through the wilderness. All right. For three hours, he claimed that he was carried like this through the wilderness and suddenly um, his sleeping bag, which he was picked up in, was dumped on the side. And when he was dumped, he said that when he looked up, he saw a rather large red-haired woman-like Sasquatch. And she had carried them away. He was looking to take a lover? Yeah. Well, he was so small... He claims that this, uh, the specimen was eight feet in tall and the mother of two smaller Bigfoot who were in the area. So she may have thought it was a young that had been abandoned and she was simply going into mother instinct mode. But that was his claim. And then after a while, he, he ended up escaping. Uh, he said that he had spent six days with the Sasquatch, forcibly kept him there, and then a large male joined who was in excess of around 9 to 10 feet tall. But eventually, when he, uh, they were actually, he claims going through his things like his snuff box, which at the time was snuff, was, was tobacco that you would put up your nose. And uh, oddly, he opened the snuff box, and the big guy took a dose. And after those six days, he ended up managing to escape, where he was later found by a group of lumberjacks. And then he told them the story. But that doesn't sound like a, a monster to me. It sounds like a very social animal. It sounds like something that is very human-like, or maybe we're Sasquatch-like. I don't know. I but. wonder if they've had a big argument about adoption where he's like, we're not going <laughs> to feed another mouth under this <laughs> he, roof. He can't even keep himself warm. He's, the <laughs> he's so he weak. He's got to use this, uh, this plastic caterpillar right. that he has to wrap himself in. To keep himself warm. And now, you know what this sounds like to me? Mm. This sounded like a guy that wanted a few extra days of vacation. 
could be. You know, he, made up a he really, goes up on a trip and he's like, yeah. you know what, oh, man, I was only supposed to take three days. Oh, I'm going to take another three days. Right. He's like, now I got to come up with something. Right. I got kidnapped by a Bigfoot. <laughs> and it was a great little family affair. But, I mean, there's plenty of story. I mean, there's even 19th century accounts of a woman being carried away by an eight-foot man. There was a ca- kidnapping of a 17-year-old, Steph Surfine Long, back in 1871, was forcibly abducted by a large male Bigfoot while hiking in Morris Mountain in the great area of British Columbia, Canada again. British Columbia, Canada is kind of one of those areas that is famous for yep. its Bigfoot sightings. Yep. But that's a big one. It doesn't sound like a beast to me. It sounds like it sounds like a very intelligent creature if they do exist. Yes. Again, I, what really bugs me about it all is there's a lack of remains or a fossil record, and we're being shared some valuable information right now on our screen, and uh, I can't read that. It's it's very much a goodwill hunting algebra yes. type situation. I'm I'm not sure. But if our producer could write that down on a piece of paper and actually show us why or tell us what it says from her side, please do. <laughs> we guess <laughs> the Gregorian comma is a fantastic thing. <laughs> it should be used with. <sighs> yes. Anyway, I'm a, I'm a comma fiend and I, I enjoy I my commas. You are a writer and that is what we appreciate about you. I enjoy my commas. I, I do too. Right. One on sentences are my friend. Whatever. Anyway. So, yes, it sounds like an intelligent creature to me. Yes. Um, and, yeah, back to the uh, – and going back to the behavioral thing, I feel mm. like and it's something that's semi-intelligent uh, that would have seen colonists coming in, would have been wary of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you, just like, you know, mountain lions and coyotes do not approach unless their food source is severely right. – diminished right. they're not going to approach humans they're going to mm-hmm. keep their distance so something that's even more intelligent is going to have a better strategy absolutely and when it comes to fossils and bones we assume if you know something we've have throughout history anything that's developed any like a certain level of intelligence or sentience buries their dead for one absolutely uh for two uh even fossils and everything in heavy forest the reason that we don't find uh t-rex bones Every, you know, or any kind of dinosaur bone mm. every five feet is that not everything degrades in the same way. Yeah. If it's in a forest, it's going to, de- it's going to decompose, degrade a lot faster. Absolutely. And we don't even know how fossilization occurs. That's the craziest part about it. I mean, I've been through some paleontology books. No one can really tell you how it's done because no one's been there to watch it happen. Well, because, you know, it takes a, it takes a couple million you know, years. Yeah, just sure. A little, it takes a little bit of time. Are you part? Are you sure? I thought the world was only 8,000 years old. <laughs> but yeah, I, to go back to your grave, like burying your dead sort of thing. So uh, there had been evidence that um, Neanderthal, um, what uh, that Neanderthals did put grave goods in graves with their dead. So not only were they burying their dead, there's also this idea that they may have thought about an existence beyond this world. Which, as far as I'm aware, we're the only creatures on the planet that think of something beyond our life. Yes. Even though we have proof of a lot of species mourning their dead, we're the only ones that seem to have any inclination that there might be something. Yeah. Even when Coco the gorilla, the one that learned sign language, Mm -hmm. rather intelligent, she's still alive. Uh, When she was talked about death, she just called it the the great sleep. Yeah. So even then, it's just her idea of it was that you just fall asleep. But 
Yeah, I mean, if there's another species out there that does bury the dead, of course we're not going to find a, a dead Bigfoot lying anywhere. Yeah, it's probably going to be buried. Plus, the amount of predation that goes on in the, the forest anyway. Yeah. I mean, it, you. Yeah, I mean, like the chances of now, I, I will agree with the argument of of just like what well, chances of one just dropping dead, and then that Bigfoot has to track that Bigfoot down and then find right. it to bury it. I understand that like the intentionality behind that would seem pretty extreme, extreme yeah. but just the the idea of something that large. Uh, not being a very valuable food source for a lot of species in a deep forest, it's going to disappear quick. And if it's just like us, it's got a gut full of bacteria and it just, yeah. And I just decays. Yeah. yeah. And I feel like the biggest argument for that is it's like, how many times have you been walking through the forest and you found just a a bear skeleton laying around? Not many. I've I've spent a (laughs) lot of time in the bush and I've only run into one instance where I found a dead cow next to a lake. But for the most part, it's always scattered bones. You know, there's, yeah, it's, it's predation. It's what happens. Yep. I mean, have we ever have you ever seen a baby pigeon in the middle of the city? I haven't. Just because I haven't seen it doesn't mean it doesn't exist. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like you're you're in in uh, a lot of like uh, homicide cases. You're uh, it, when you find like you know it's those it's smaller mm-hmm. uh, uh, forests and and, and uh, grounds like that. Uh, that are surrounded by cities and suburbs. When you find somebody that found a uh, dumped a body in there, they're almost beyond recognition of anything that you can find. And those are less dense populated in, in regards to like ecological life. Like they're less populated and they still are almost gone before. When I was doing the forensic anthropology thing, uh, we had, I was part of a pig experiment. I didn't run it. But uh, we had found bones that were hundreds of yards away from the original skeleton because even birds will pick up pieces yep. and carry them away. And some bones are just gone altogether. Yeah. Because so, there's plenty of species right. that can consume bone. Pigs. Uh, there's only one true bone eater. Oh, what's that? It is the hyena. They're the only Ooh. ones that can actually crack. Now, it doesn't mean that bones aren't gnawed on. But as far as consumption of bone, the hyena is the only one that can do it. Now, dogs and mice and all things will sit there and gnaw on the bone for the calcium. The sun destroys bones in no time because it's just calcium. Once those things dries out and it's just sitting in the sun, yep. it does not take long for them to become extraordinarily brittle and under heavy snow. You know, with all of the, I mean, think of the parts of the area where they would be living. They're mo- some of the most extreme temperature swings you'll ever see. You know, it goes from periods of high dry, um, high heat, dry conditions to wet snow year-round. I mean, it, I'm waiting for the day we find one. And if there, are, there are people who claim to have found remains of Bigfoot, but no one's ever been able to truly produce them. Yep. So if we can't, I don't know, part of me wants to say they exist, but I still don't have a dead Sasquatch yeah. to prove it. No. And I am definitely of the, of, uh, uh, like, I, it doesn't exist until it's proven for yeah, me. And, and I'm not one of those people that's just, that's like, well, you can't prove it doesn't exist. It's like, no, I'm going to stand by that. You have to prove to me yeah. that it exists. And I want it to, I want it very much to be very, real. very much. So, but that's why I, I, that's why cryptozoology is so much fun Absolutely. because it's got the most tangible attempts at evidence. It's like right. it's, it's, it's a lot more so fun. Close. You know what? I think the world is richer with these kind of legends and mm-hmm. stuff like that because it, one makes for good storytelling Two, It makes for mystery in this world. Yes. You know, and I like a little bit of mystery and I think yeah. the world's better for having these kind of legends out there because I mean, there's gotta be something to it. We, I mean, do they exist because the human mind makes them into existence or do they exist? And then we interpret it. It, is it is it bears attempting to live a bipedal life? I don't know. Hey, that'd be fun. It would be. <laughs> but, you know, until you and I can actually get out there and start 
getting video evidence or physical evidence, then then it just it's just not real. Yeah. Maybe what we'll do is we'll go out to the middle of nowhere with some recording equipment, ask our community now to put up the time for us to go do that and just see if we can't can't find something. I hear that Bigfoot loves fresh organic apples. I am I am a terrible camper and survivalist. Don't worry. I am a near expert. Oh, wonderful. Absolutely. And okay. it turns out that I can identify human bones because I thought I wanted to be a forensic anthropologist until I started dealing with dead people and realized it was horrible. Mm. Yes. And then I decided to become a cultural anthropologist because I love the food. Oh, there you go. Fun. There you go. But, you know, I had my fill of that. That is for other people. So if we go out there, I will be able to tell you whether it's human or not. I won't be able to tell you what animal it is, but I know another guy that can do that for us. <laughs> but we should. We should go out there. Yeah, One absolutely. more thing you want to drop on us before we take off? Uh, Bigfoot movies. Ah, here we go. I've got to drop some movies on How much time do we have left? All right. Uh, so it, the, the uh, obviously, I mainly centered around horror movies here. Yes, that's of course. Uh, there of course. are there are a handful of Bigfoot movies that are not Harry and the Hendersons Harry is the and big the one. Hendersons, I love that movie. That oh, That's the big movie. one. Great um movie. The Legend of Boggy Creek also not what? technically a horror movie. It's a horror docudrama kind of from like the yeah. 1970s. Yes. Uh that's a classic. Mm. Um a lot of people watch Willow Creek. This is the one that is a found footage movie directed by Bobcat Goldthwaite of Police Academy fame. You're kidding. Uh, he's the guy that talks like ah, this. Right what was it called again? Yeah. Willow Creek? Willow Creek. Now, that's really? not how he talks in real life, but that is the, yeah, generally yeah. how people perceive him. Uh, <laughs> uh, yes, and it was a legit horror movie. It wasn't like a horror oh comedy or anything. Look at that. It looks amazing. It's not bad. Yeah. For found footage, it's not bad. Yeah. Uh, there's another one called Exists, which is another found, fo- found footage movie. Yes. Which uh, acting may not be quite as good uh directing may not be quite as good but i thought it was a lot more fun than willow creek Mm -hmm. because you get a lot more bigfoot action Mm, i like it exists is pretty fun uh primal rage uh now if you're familiar with the video game it's not about fighting dinosaurs okay i thought that was a great video game i love that video game um primal rage has got some great practical effects work in it all right Uh, some pretty uh it's some of the best I've ever seen for a Bigfoot movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, almost the rest of it is uh, not so mm-hmm. good, though. But uh, not bad. Um, the the story is lacking. Um, but, yeah, pretty fun. Abominable. 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 Now, I don't like the title of that one mm-hmm. because it's about Bigfoot, but it's using Abominable, which, not the same. It's not the same. Is that no. a cartoon? Or was that the, what this was this out? was a movie. Oh yes, there was a cartoon. You're right. There was a DreamWorks, DreamWorks. one of those. Yeah, um, that made one uh, last year. Mm-hmm. That was a kids movie, and that one's pretty cute. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Um, but oh. no, not that. This okay. is like this one. I think was in uh, 2006. It's got kind of an 80s schlock feel to it. Love it. Uh, so it's got some decent effects. The rest of it's kind campy of campy movie sort of thing. Yeah. Now this last one's pretty interesting. It's it not is. a horror movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's called Letters from the Big Man. Um, and it's more of like an introspective character piece yeah. uh, that's uh, got kind of a moral center of like, you know, uh, of environmental preservation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But it's about a woman that basically finds one and uh, kind of befriends it slowly over time. Really? That'd be kind of fun. Yeah. it was. It's an interesting movie. Uh, there's another movie uh, coming out this year called Bigfoot, just straight up called Bigfoot. That's a horror movie. It looks pretty bad, though. Yeah. Uh, so I wouldn't recommend it. Now, last little pit, little yeah. little tidbit here. If you're a fan of uh, Futurama, mm-hmm. oh, there I is have. a fantastic Bigfoot episode of Futurama. I remember that one. It's very good. 
check that one out. Uh, yes, I don't remember the season or the episode, but it shouldn't be hard to look up Futurama yeah. Bigfoot. It'll come right up. That's a great episode. Well, that's it. I think that's the whole enchilada, yes. isn't it? Yes, that's it. Wow. I love going through what we do. It is fun. It's very fun. I very Absolutely. much enjoy it. So, guys, thanks for listening to us today. The first thing I need you to do is to continue to follow us. Ring that bell. Please. Subscribe to what we do. We're going to try to keep try to keep giving you all of this fun stuff that we do over and over. What we do is a lot of fun. We want to keep it going, and we want to keep you informed of all the weird that's in the world today. I'd also like to thank all the people that make this podcast happen, starting with the lady behind the glass. That is right, Caitlin Shriver. She's number one in our hearts and in our minds, but she's also the best cosplayer that's out there. Mm. If you don't know, she has her own podcast called Double Feature. That'll be coming out probably and they're going to be uh, they're going to be talking about movies that scare the bleep out of you. So be sure to check them out. Follow their channel too. Don't overwatch them over us because we we probably better. But I want to make it a, a like a like a competition here. I'd like to thank ourcommunitynow.com for hosting all the stuff that we do. It is a wonderful website. If you want to watch things that make you feel good, get update about your community and finding things to do in your community, go to ourcommunitynow.com and give that a peruse. You can find all of our podcasts living on there, also on YouTube. And I'd also like to thank Pin Business Network for being the guys that put up the money for everything that we do. Thank you, Joe. Thank you, Keith. Thank you for everyone for what they do. I'm Josh Hammerling. Dalton Van Hooser. And this is the Paranormal Past Podcast saying, we'll see you soon.